Hello and welcome to another episode of She's at the Wheel Van Life podcast. How are you out there? I hope you're well. It's a beautiful sunny day here. I'm just loving it because it just feels like spring is just around the corner. So absolutely marvellous. So I finally got my MOT done. Yes, that's right. I actually sorted it out. When I got back from Scotland about a month ago, I'd been living in my van for a month and I was feeling like so comfortable and really at home in the space. And I was like, okay, I'm ready. I'm actually ready. And that was such an exciting time. And I was just totally up for moving into the van. But then I was like, okay, well, actually, you do need to wait till you get your MOT done. Because it is an old van, there is a chance that they can just turn around and be like, uh, yeah, no, you're done. Or it could be really expensive. So obviously, I was quite nervous about this, as you've heard. The day before my MOT was due, I still hadn't booked it in anywhere. I hadn't even called anyone. So I finally, because I had no choice, tried to get it booked in with some people to do the MOT. And everyone was like, oh, no, sorry, we're booked up for two weeks. So I eventually found somewhere to do my MOT and I absolutely begged them. And they said, "Okay, look, bring it tomorrow leave it with us all day and we'll fit it in at some point. So the evening before the MOT was due, I thought, hmm, maybe I should like change that headlight bulb that hasn't been working for the last six months and maybe I should just check the oil and fill up the water. So I started looking around the van and the exhaust was snapped in two and two of my tyres were completely worn. It's three o'clock now, I need to get my tyres changed and the exhaust is fucked. Anyway, I got to the tyre place. They didn't have the tyres, but they said, come back tomorrow at nine o'clock and we'll fit them for you. I didn't sleep all night. I was an absolute mess. The next day, I drove it to get the tyres done. Then it was time for the MOT. So I dropped it off, tried to regain some sort of composure over myself. I was so tense. like I was just so nervous about what was going to happen. It was probably like the most stressful 24 hours I've had in ages. (laughs) Anyway, I got a call later and after one month of worrying, avoiding, putting off, not being able to make plans for the future, after all that, it failed on one thing, the exhaust. (laughs) I nearly passed out just from the relief. I was just like, oh my God, this is such good news. I got it retested that same day and then it was done. So after a month of worrying, the whole MOT cost me 100 quid and that was it. And now I've got it for another year. So now that is done, I need to start taking the maintenance of my vehicle a bit more seriously because looking underneath the car, I always call it a car as well. I should probably stop doing that. (laughs) But looking underneath and seeing like a broken exhaust, I was like, I really should be aware of like the state of this vehicle like it was completely ridiculous so I'm gonna do all the rust I'm gonna try and do it myself my friend gave me a few tips on stuff you can buy at like B&Q or whatever to like treat rust so I'm gonna do that I'm gonna get the cam belt changed as well because it hasn't been changed since 2013 so it really does need changing I was told by the mechanic that is really important because apparently it'll cost you a new engine or something. I'm not going to sit here and pretend I understand. 
Okay. <laughs> but as time goes on, I am understanding more and I'm really enjoying learning more about vehicles and how they work. So now it is time to read out some questions sent in by you guys all about van life. If you have a question you'd like to ask, I'd love to hear from you. I love learning about the people that are listening to this podcast because I'm just sat here talking into a microphone. (laughs) So it's really um, nice to hear from actual human beings that listen and um, to learn more about you guys and your lives and what you're up to out there. So please do email me. She's at the wheel at gmail.com. Right, let's get on to some listener questions. First question, and this is from Emma. Hi, Kat. First of all, I love your podcast. I've been an avid listener from day one, and I'm always recommending people to listen. I love your style, and your guests' stories have really inspired me to be serious about buying a van and getting out more to explore my local area. My question is, how do you know when you found the right van to buy? What are the main things to look for? I've been looking for over six months and I still haven't found the one. Okay, Emma. Well, first of all, thank you so much for your lovely compliments. I'm really happy that you like the podcast. And secondly, both fans that I bought, I bought Sight Unseen and I gave money to a stranger and just said, yes, I'll take it. So I don't know if I'm the best person to ask this. A lot of people that I've spoken to, they just had a feeling like they knew it was their van. Obviously, there are things that you should look out for. It is always a risk when you're buying a van. You never really know what you're going to get. And all you can really do is just try your best to check the main things. I found a really good article on confused.com all about buying a secondhand van. So I'm just going to read out the main points from that one. So here is the information from confused.com. Firstly, arrange a test drive. Make sure that you have the right insurance to do that find out what the van has been used for. How a van has been used will tell you a lot about its state of health. A high mileage example that's been serviced regularly and only used for light goods could be better than one with fewer miles that's been forced to carry heavy loads. So it's essential to check the following van documents before you decide to buy. Firstly, the V5C, also known as the registration document or logbook. Check that the person or company you're dealing with and their address match what's on the V5C. You should also check that all the other information on it tallies. Check the make and model of the van, the number plate and the vehicle identification number, the VIN. You can find that usually at the bottom of the windscreen. The document will also show you how long the person selling the van has owned it and how many previous owners it's had. If a van has been sold frequently, it could be a sign that it's not up to scratch. If the seller says they don't have the V5C, don't buy the van. That's what it says here. MOT certificates. It should have its MOT certificates as well as a record of when it passed or failed and this should highlight any problems, defects and advisory notices. Now you can check that online. If you go to Google and you just type MOT gov.uk 
it will come up with a gov.uk page. All you need to do is put the registration number in and it will show you the past MOTs. And that is a really good way to see if there are like loads of advisories on it. Service history. You should ask to see the van's service history to make sure it's been regularly serviced and maintained well. This will also help you sell it in the future as long as you continue to service it regularly. Insurance. It's a really good idea to check how much the van would cost to insure before you buy it by comparing van insurance quotes. You know, if it's sky high, this could be a deal breaker. Things on the van that you should check before buying. Rust. Pay close attention to under the wheel arches and around the door frame as these will be harder to see than on the wings. When you spot rust, press down on it gently and if there are slight cracking sounds then the problem may go deeper. Accident damage or repairs. A mismatch of paint colours is often a giveaway here. This can also indicate that the van has been written off and repaired. Tyres. If the wear isn't even across the front and the rear treads, there could be a problem with the suspension or the wheel alignment. Suspension. A general test of the suspension can be carried out by pressing down hard on one corner and seeing how quickly it bounces back. It should return to its original position quickly and smoothly. I mean, I would never, I, I've never done that, but I've never done any of this to be fair. The cabin. Is it called a cabin? Well, I'm learning. So have a look around. If it's been a tradesperson's wheels, wheels, this is like slang now. Um, sorry. If it's been a tradesperson's wheels, it may look a tad worn, but a lot of this built up grime can be cleaned away by giving the van a clean, obviously. But I will say, Jazz, who is on this podcast, she bought a network rail van and she said it was so dirty. It took her ages just to get rid of all the muck that was in there. So she said she would never buy that again. So just something to bear in mind there. So seat belts, check that they all lock properly. The windscreen wipers are in good order and check all the controls. Always check the heater and the air conditioning are working and be mindful of any strange odours which might indicate a faulty component or a blockage in the system. Start the van up from cold. That is the advice that I've heard a few times. When you start the van, look out for black or blue smoke pouring out of the exhaust as well as any engine warning lights that stay on. So when you're on your test drive, listen out for any weird rattles or banging noises, especially when you accelerate. Pay attention to squeaks, knocks or grinding, especially when you brake. The steering, of course, should feel responsive and if the van wants to weave all over the road or there's a lot of play, then that is a warning sign. If you are going to buy from a dealer, it's usually a little bit more expensive, but you do get protections with that under the Consumer Rights Act and sometimes they will offer like a warranty for a certain amount of time. So that is a way to protect yourself as well. That is just some basic, like very straightforward information. Emma, your question was, how do you know when you found the right van? I think that your van will find you. Just keep looking every day. It's always a risk when you buy a vehicle. You can end up just worrying too much about every little thing on a vehicle and you'll just never buy one. Sometimes you've just got to take that leap of faith and be like, okay, I'm getting this van and whatever will be, will be. These basic things should give you a bit of an idea of how well the van has been looked after. But again, it is always a risk. So it's really hard. It is a hard thing to do, but you will find your perfect van, I'm sure. Okay, next. Dear Cat, 
I hope this email finds you well. I love your podcast and I'm really looking forward to the new episodes. I love the new name and logo. Oh, thank you. I'm hoping to attend some van life events in the summer, so I hope to meet you then. I'm starting uni in September and I'm going to be based full time in my long wheelbase Mercedes Sprinter camper van. My question is, how feasible is it that this will work out? I'm worried that I won't be able to find places to park and do my uni work or find a space close enough to uni. I'm also concerned about my social life. Will it be hard for me to make friends? Will other people judge me for my choice and not want to hang out with me? Do you think it's possible to do a degree while living in a van? And that's from Kate. Well, Kate, thank you so much. I'm so glad you love the podcast. Thank you. That's really kind of you to say that. And about your question, I think it's absolutely possible to do your degree while living in your van. If anything, it might even be beneficial to do it like that. Okay, so to your points, you're worried that you won't be able to find places to park. I imagine from the sound of this question that you're going to be moving to a new place. I think it always takes a bit of time to get to know a local area, but there's always park-ups. You just need to keep your eye out, have a look around and find something that you feel, oh, I could park there for the night. Use the apps, you know, use park for night, ask locals. Once you're out and about in your van, I'm sure that you will start to get a feel of where vans are parking in the place that you are going to be living doing your uni work obviously if you're going to be working on your computer you do need to think about power so as long as you have a good power setup I don't see why that should be a problem most unis have libraries that are open 24 7 and a lot of them have parking so you probably could park your van close to the library get your work done there not have to worry about your power and you know if it's open 24 hours you could even maybe park overnight in those places this is something that you will find out you say you're concerned about your social life and you're worried that you might not be able to make friends I think to be honest having a van is going to improve your social life all your friends are going to want to hang out with you they're going to want to go on road trips and go out in the nature and spend time with you in your van you might have a hard time like having any space Um, or time to yourself in your van to be honest I wouldn't worry at all I think it's really natural when you're doing something like this you're always going to be worried that you're not going to make friends you will make friends you will make lifelong friends at uni and there's so many different things you can do you can join societies you can go out on nights out you you'll have people that are doing the the same degree as you that you will get on with I imagine So don't worry about that. You will 100% make friends. And you say that you're worried about people judging you. Most people are really lovely and like not judgmental. And the few people that are, like you don't need to worry about because they are the minority. Most people are going to be so impressed with you that you're doing this. It's really brave. It shows that you're really independent and self-sufficient and you are going to have such a good time. You are going to make yourself proud. I just know it. Okay, next. Hi Kat, love the pod and hearing all the great stories of other van lifers. I am a single female traveller myself and I love to go on road trips around the UK, especially to Cornwall. I love being independent and free to go wherever I please. My question is, do you wave to other camper vans on the road? I used to as I heard it was a thing, but I've had a mixed response. Is this still a thing? (laughs) And that is from Paula. 
thank you so much, Paula, for all your lovely compliments about the podcast and a great question. I totally hear you on this. Waving at other camper vans definitely is a thing, but I think you're right. I think it's really hit and miss. I'll give you some examples. So when I had my last van, which was a little green Suzuki Carry, I'll never forget it. I was driving, so I was driving down a hill and it was into a valley. So there was a road coming downhill opposite me as well. And I was driving downhill and then over the brow of the hill coming towards me was this other little green van. So mine was a Suzuki Carry and that one was a Bedford Rascal. So they're basically the same. And um, as this van got closer and closer, I saw this guy. He must have been about like 25 or 30 and he was just waving like frantically at me and he just looked so happy and he was giving me like massive thumbs up and waving and I it just made my day like it was so brilliant like he just looked so happy to see me (laughs) and it was it just made me smile so much and I'll never forget that so I think if a van is really similar to you you will get like a hundred percent waves or like flashes of the lights or whatever my van now like every now and then I see the exact same van I've never actually met them but we've driven past each other on the same road a few times and like every time I see them I'm like flashing the lights and waving and like they're looking at me and flashing the lights and waving and me like woo and it's like <laughs> so brilliant <laughs> and it always makes me smile makes my day um Then other times I've been driving and there have been like motorhomes coming towards me and I'll wave and I'll just get like some grumpy person looking back at me. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I'm not in the motorhome club. But I do think motorhomes wave to each other. I think it just depends what you're driving. So then I kind of thought, okay, maybe people don't wave. So then I stopped doing it. But then I felt really rude if like someone else waved at me. So yeah, it's a total minefield out there. What I kind of do now is if I see a van coming towards me, I'll give them just like a little wave, like nothing too mad. I'll give them a little wave. And then if they wave back, then I'll give them a big wave. That's what I do. So (laughs) I'd be interested to hear what you guys do out there. If you always wave at vans or if you don't because you've been rejected in the past (laughs) and you've got rejection issues like me. Okay, so that's going to be all the questions this week. If you do have any questions, please do email me at she'satthewheel at gmail.com. Wow, this was a long intro today. Now for this week's guest. I'm so excited for this one. I had such a laugh with her when we were recording this. I had to take out so much of us just like laughing, like crying laughing, (laughs) especially at the beginning. We couldn't, we just couldn't get ourselves together. This week's guest is Tash. After some events that taught them that life is too short, Tash and her husband John decided to sell their house and move into a motorhome full time with their three cats, Rosie, Tinkerbell and Millie. We discuss getting the cats used to van life, how the pandemic changed her perspective on exploring lesser known places around the UK and an exciting new addition that has given Tash more independence and freedom. So I really hope that you enjoy this episode. Without further ado, here is this week's guest, Tash. I'm here with Tash. Hello. From Life Beyond Bricks. Welcome to the podcast. It's so great to have you. Ah, thank you. I'm so chuffed we could do this. 
So, Tash, what van do you have? So, I have, or sh I should say we have, really, uh, we have an Adria Sonic uh, motorhome. So, we do have the A-Class, and some people are like, why did you choose that van? Purely because the cats need the dashboard. <laughs> <laughs> and that is true that is the truth so yeah we have an a-class uh, sonic uh, adria motorhome that we love so what facilities do you have in the van in the van so we have got we do have a toilet and a shower uh, we chose a model because john put a lot of thought like a lot of research into what we wanted because we've got the cats with us um we wanted a separate shower so we could put the litter tray in there um so we've actually got a separate toilet and shower and then we've got a like kitchen with a three burner we've got oven grill because again it came as you know it was a uk spec van so uh, so we've got all that really which i suppose to some people is quite posh but you know we knew exactly what we wanted and it works perfectly for us so because we're not really outside cookers we're more inside cookers so we're happy to have the kitchen and be able to do everything that we want to do in there so we have two solar panels on the roof we've got two lithium batteries and to be honest we haven't got an inverter yet but because we sort of in our first year of touring we actually had a motorhome on loan from uh, a big manufacturer and obviously it wasn't set up to be off-grid so we had to learn to be quite low power users so that's translated really well into our own van which we already owned before that by the way we put that in storage because we had the opportunity to, to have the other one on loan so actually it meant that just before the year was up we put our one into a, a you know a dealer and said right we want this fitted this fitted so now it suits us perfectly because we know exactly what we need and uh, we've also got a uh, like a jackery power bank as well um, which keeps us going, you know, from re-editing and working and things. I plug my Mac in and I can work inside or outside and that keeps me powered fine. So, yeah, we've got plenty of power. And what's a Jackery power bank? It's like a big, uh, well, like a big power bank, really. It's called a, like a generator sort of thing, but it's not a generator. They call it like a solar generator. And basically you charge it up. So we charge it up while we're driving via 12 volt. And then it's got all the ports on the front. So we can plug in electronics. We can plug in anything. And it's just like a giant power bank. Oh wow! So, Is yeah. that the big orange and black thing that everyone has? That's the Is one. That yeah, that's the oh, one. Right. Yeah, I was trying to think how to describe it. Yeah, but it's the big orange and black yeah. thing that everyone's got. Yeah, that you can. So I say you can sit outside and I can work outside. Then I've never got to worry about running out of oh, power wow. on my laptop, or if I'm sort of working and I've rather than taking up all the sockets in the on the in the donette, um, I have that to myself so I can plug in my camera, my phone, my earphones, my laptop, and it keeps me going for ages. How long does it last? Is it quite a long time? Or yeah, I mean the one that we've had, we've had for a little while, and we we've, we've been testing it out actually because we not long got it, and I think it was about seven days or so on and off we were using it. We were like plugging it in now and then and using it on and off, and yeah, it was seven days it lasted. I thought you were gonna say like twelve hours. Or oh no, I was gonna be like really. Really? Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> nice. No, like a week. Get, we get a week's wow. use out of it. Yeah, it's fantastic. Oh, I see now why they're so popular. Yeah, you can even charge your leisure batteries off of it. Um, for oh, in the van. wow, okay. The, the bigger versions, oh, wow. like the 500 that we've got, and I know that some of our friends have got the 1000 version, you can literally, if your van batteries are getting a bit low, you can actually plug it into your hookup point and charge wow. up your battery. So again, it's... It's pretty That's cool. That's handy. It's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. So we have a fixed bed across the back, um, which obviously the cats love to lay on. And I love the fact that we don't have to make a bed up because our very first motorhome, you had to make the bed up all the time. Obviously, we weren't full time then, but it was such a pain in the bum after like a 10 day trip to the Lake District. So I was like, 
our next burns having a fixed bed i'm not doing that again and then at the front we've got a dinette table you know like a fixed dinette table with two seats one side so you can you can always sit there and work or eat or whatever and then the two front seats a swivel round and then we've got a jump seat by the door so it creates like a, a lounge so you can sit five people around that table more than comfortably and it's a, it's a really nice space Wow, that's really clever. Yeah. The two seats swiveling around, that's so cool. Yeah, it's honestly, it's so brilliant because then when we pitch up somewhere, we swivel the seats around and then we can obviously sit opposite each other and put our feet up and chill out. Um, The girls like to sit with us as well so the cats have a chair each and we all just, yeah, it's the perfect space for all of us, definitely. When did you move into your van? So it's been just over two and a half years now. We sold our house in March 2019 and obviously went full-time travelling. And at the end of the first year that was supposed to be our you know, gap year of travel, we just decided that we love it too much and we're not ready to stop. So we've been... You know, even in the last 12 months, we've been doing it ever since. So the plan originally then was to just take one year away or? Yes, absolutely. I mean, we sold our house because we knew that we probably wouldn't want to go back to the south coast. So our plan was to go travelling for 12 months. And then whilst we were travelling, find somewhere else that we might want to buy a house. So in our minds, we were thinking somewhere more rural or even perhaps in Wales because we're very, very fond of Wales. Mm. But you know even in 12 months we didn't even scratch the surface of the UK so that's why we're not ready to give it up we just want to keep traveling keep exploring and keep meeting people because that was something we'd never even considered you know we've met so many amazing people um, and we just want to keep doing this for as long as we can now what was it like the transition from house to van um do you know what it was I want to say it was fairly straightforward I can't really remember. All I remember is the good things. I remember that feeling of being so nervous up until we exchanged on the house, you know, like we sold the house. And then as soon as we were in the motorhome, suddenly feeling this massive relief, like like a release almost. Don't get me wrong, we had to get used to a smaller space. We had a lot more stuff than we thought. And even now we're still emptying stuff out, um, either from our very small storage amount of stuff that we've got or from in the van. Um, but actually I... Yeah, all I can remember is the good stuff. I just remember feeling more about what we were doing, being exciting rather than thinking, oh gosh, we're going into a a motorhome where we've got, you know, no running water or we've got to do this or we've got to do that. Do you remember the moment when you started to think about van life and when it became an option for you? Absolutely. So we've had vans since 2014. We started out with a day van and then it progressed up to a motorhome. And it got to a point where we wanted to go away for longer than just a weekend or a week. Because obviously driving you're kind of limited to only really traveling within a couple of hours you know because otherwise it eats into your holiday time and then it did get to a point where we're thinking oh what can we do how can we fund it and then we had a couple of uh, bereavements actually and that was just a turning point where we said oh do you know what if we're going to do this let's just do it so you know we went all out put you know started clearing the house down sold the house and yeah I think it was probably that that beginning of 2018 when we just thought yeah we need to do this we need to just crack on and do it and it was the scariest yet most exhilarating thing I think we've ever done it's like a leap of faith isn't it yes which as someone who always plans everything and always overthinks things and always worries about you know what if what if what if I even surprised myself actually that I did it and it just gives you a whole new perspective it sounds really cheesy it sounds like every quote you've ever listened to or you know ever seen but it really is it really is that what have been the highlights for you in your time 
traveling around the UK? Oh gosh, so as I mentioned before, meeting people, which we didn't expect because we don't have any friends that uh, have motimes or camper vans. Uh, you know, we have a couple of friends that might go camping, but we didn't really know anybody that did this life, you know, traveled like this. So meeting other like-minded people, it that's been a definite highlight because we've now met people that we call friends that we might never have met, you know, if we hadn't done this. Um, and I think another highlight has actually been we really wanted to discover our own country and especially being, you know, like we love sort of history and the outdoors and stuff, realising how much the UK has to offer has just been amazing, you know, thinking about all that we've got for us here. Um, that both really surprised us and we, we just love that. What expectations did you have about the lifestyle? I don't know, because I must admit, I didn't think we would do as many kind of pub stops and park ups as we did. I guess I guess we just kind of thought it would be going to campsites all the time. So I, I don't know what I would say our expectations were because I think I just didn't think about it. I just knew that I had to just crack on with it and not think too much about it. But yeah, I think it's definitely, I'd say it's surpassed expectations, but I didn't really have any. I think just because people are kind you always assume like, oh, what are you going to do when you move out of a house? But you're not going to have electricity. You're not going to have running water. How are you going to do this? How do you cope in the winter? So I think you already kind of have that in the back of your mind. So then when you go and actually live it and you smash it and you're like, oh, Okay, yeah, that's fine. So it, it definitely surpasses your expectations in that sense. So um, obviously you've mentioned the girls a few times, so maybe it's a good <laughs> time to introduce them. So who else lives... Oh, I should ask who lives with you in your yeah. van, shouldn't I? No, that's fair. So No, that's fine. So the first point, I do say the girls. We call them the girls a lot, and I think it's sometimes if people don't know we have cats, it confuses them. Because <laughs> they're like, what, you put your girls in the garage and stuff like that, because they like to go in the garage, you see. So no, the girls are our three cats. So that's uh, Rosie, Millie, and Tinkerbell. And obviously there's myself, and my husband John lives in the van. So there's the five of us all live in the van. And what's it like having your three cats in there? It just feels like home. Honestly, it's it's so homely in there. I mean, don't get me wrong, they are an absolute pain in the bum sometimes. <laughs> but that's another reason we chose the van that we did, because then everybody... Because all three of them are rescue cats, you see. Um, so they've all got very different personalities, but they've got their own space. So that's why we hope... Again, that's why I mentioned earlier, we chose the one with the big dash, because they like to sleep on there. We've got the garage under the bed, which you can access from inside the van. So they like to... We've built them a little... Um, we've put blankets in the back corner, and we've put a little like cubby in there for them. They like to go in there, um, and they basically go wherever they want. But there's plenty of space for everybody to have their own space. And did anyone ever say to you, like, when you were saying about having cats in the van, did anyone ever say to you, like, oh, you can't have cats in a van? Or Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, people are always like, "How? what, you've got cats in your van? Like, how does that work? And I'm like, well, it just works the same as it does in a house, really. I mean, we put in, we must have put in about 12 months of groundwork with them because they were house cats. So we put in a lot of groundwork getting them used to the van, um, which means, like, scenting the van up. So letting them in it while it's static. Uh, letting them scent it up, rub on things, you know, like when they do that thing with their cheeks and stuff. Um, and also putting things from the house into the van so it smells like home to them. And vice versa, putting a few things in the van and then putting them in the house so that they, they know it's familiar. And yeah, it's basically the same thing. Now that they've figured out where they all go, 
they're absolutely fine. People do say, oh, you've got cats there. You can't do that. Do they not run away? Do they not do this? It's like, well, we've put in all the work and we travel at their pace. So we always do what's best for them, you know? And like, if it was super hot, we wouldn't go out for the day because if it's too hot for them, it's definitely too hot for us because we don't cope well with the heat. But yeah, we've we've set it all up so that it's, you know, perfect for them and we're all comfortable in there, so. And what was it like when they first were going through the transition? Did you have any like teething problems or...? Oh yes, the first time we ever took them away for the night, we didn't last the whole night. We uh, we ended up we we chose a campsite that was about twenty minutes from home, and uh, yeah, we didn't last the whole night. We ended up having to come home because they just wouldn't settle. They were crying, they were just completely unsettled. But it's because we realised it's silly things like at night time we have to leave our two front side blinds open because in the house that's when they would be sat on the windowsill staring out the window. So when we obviously shut all the blinds like we normally do, they hated it because they felt trapped and they couldn't see out so it's just we just had to learn to adapt it to fit them and then they're fine so yeah we had quite a few teething problems they used to cry and shout and wet themselves every time we tried to travel because they thought they were going to the vets or something like that so we even got to the point of buying them separate carriers so they had different carriers for the motorhome than they did for the house and we tried you know we tried everything to make it comfortable but i mean it paid off because now they just live their best lives they they benefit from this lifestyle as much as we do so and what do you think are the main benefits to them? The fact that it makes me actually feel quite guilty that for 10 plus years they were cooped up in the house all day whilst we were out. Because obviously we wouldn't let them out without... They don't go out now without our supervision. But now they get to actually go out and sniff and explore all these new places that they never would have seen before. Their favourite thing is sitting on the dash, people watching, because obviously there's always something different happening. So, yeah, they're just better for it. And I mean... The eldest one, Rosie, she's 13 and a half now, but she's got a new lease of life. She just loves nothing more than going out for a little explore. Um, she loves it. So for us, it's it's lovely. Really lovely wow. to see. Yeah. They're really getting the most out of life, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Like, that's so cool. 100% they are. I say we all, all five of us benefit from this lifestyle. No doubt about it. Do you feel like you know them better because you went through that process with them as well? You kind of had to like really tune in to their yeah. routines and stuff. Yeah, do you know what? Because obviously they had their routines in the house and we you know, we knew them in the house. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I think because we're with them more and we've had to go through that with them and we've seen them change. You know, we I never thought they would take to it. We always said it's a deal breaker. Like they we're not giving them up. They, they're ours. They have come, come with us no matter what. So seeing how they've adapted to it and changed, it's like we're really proud of them. Because they're so much more adaptable than what we ever gave them credit for. Yeah, totally. You don't think of cats as like adaptable creatures. And like, no. when I first started hearing about people that had cats in vans, I just couldn't get my head around it. But yeah. like, actually, I think I, I've almost started thinking like, oh, maybe I could have a cat like, yeah. in the van. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right, though. I think um, a lot of people say, oh, our cats would never do it. And yeah. obviously you don't want to stress them out and you don't want to do anything that is not good for them. But also, if you don't just push that boundary a tiny little bit, as long as as long as you do it at their pace, they will. And I think, imagine if we'd have given up on them after the first time we tried to take them away, they'd have missed out on all of this. They're loving life. They're just yeah. Like, and mm. for the record, they are like the most beautiful, healthy, happy-looking cats as well. For sure. And thank you. And that's the thing, isn't it? You can see how happy they are. They're so content in there. That's the word. That, yeah, yeah, they are so... And that just... That makes us really happy because then we don't feel guilty at all for... You know, because like I say, there was no way we were giving them up. Not an option. We, we knew it had to work. 
they're ours they're our responsibility and we wouldn't be without them it's home in there because of them definitely oh you said that like this lifestyle benefits all five of you yeah so what what benefits <laughs> stand out for you like for you guys do you know what i think it's the fact that um obviously we get to go off and and see all these new places so we look at things completely differently now so to some people a day out for them might be that they have to go somewhere big and do something really extravagant or go to a big landmark whereas for us we could literally rock up to any little village any town any city and now it's almost like we've been reconditioned to be able to spot anything of interest you know for me for example you know and for John as well because he loves he loves architecture and engineering and obviously I love history so when we're going around a place we now spot things on buildings or little clues to you know a road name or an odd brick that's different to the others or any of that and suddenly we can build a whole picture of the place we're in and the history and for me that is spectacular because now like I say a day out to any old place can be interesting whereas it used to have to be i would have to go to this big amazing place and do this and it doesn't have to cost you money either because you could just rock up somewhere and go and i think that is a huge a huge thing for me because i really really do appreciate a lot more even when i went i went home actually last week to seek to catch up with some friends and even in my own hometown that i'd lived in for what 30 plus years I was finding new things that I'd never... I've probably walked past them a million times and I'd never noticed them before. You know, like a blue sign on the wall or, oh yeah, look at what that pub's called because that will give you a clue as to what it used to be or, you know, a name of a road or something. So, yeah, for me, that's been... You know, for both of us, that's been so cool. That sounds like you're kind of exploring more. Mm. Like, you're really kind of delving into stuff and being like, ooh, let's explore what this is. Exactly. And, you know, all the things that you used to think were quite sort of, oh, that sounds a bit dull, like going to a free museum for the afternoon and be like, oh, that doesn't sound very expensive. But actually, now we're like, oh, yeah, this is so cool because it tells you all all about the history of a place. And, yeah, definitely exploring a lot more. That's so true because, like, you could go somewhere pay 10 quid to get in take one photo go home and what are you really getting out of that you know exactly and you even see it now when you go to tourist hotspots which we don't tend to go to to be honest we tend to try and go where the people aren't you know where it's sort of quieter um but you see it you know people are there they're all taking pictures but then they leave again and it's like you haven't really looked at what's actually here you've just done the the main thing and then left again and I'm like, oh, that's quite sad, actually, because you've actually missed out on quite a lot. Everything is a day out because obviously you've got to look for park. You know, you've got to re- you put a little bit of research into it first just for parking and things like that. You actually make an experience out of it. And that's why I think there's a lot more to the UK than people maybe realise because there's so many little hidden places that are just there ready to be explored. And it's been wonderful finding them. And we haven't even scratched. There's so many more. We haven't even scratched the surface. Are you based in like one area in your van or how how does it work? Obviously originally we were just everywhere um, but because of last year obviously we were very fortunate that someone reached out to us and said look I've got somewhere you can stay and also somewhere that John can work because his original job was uh, he basically got his class two lorry drive in to be able to drive our vans because they it was over three and a half ton so he was originally going to after the first year do lorry driving and we would move around as he worked so we could do both we could travel he could stop and work and do it that way but of course that all finished you know literally four weeks in and it all got stopped dead so thankfully someone reached out to us who was based in north shropshire never even been there before but it's actually stunning 
and offered John, you know, the opportunity to, to help him out at his dealer, his motorhome dealer. So again, it's something that we know, something that's really beneficial to us because obviously John's learning things, which helps us in our van. Oh, yeah. So as of at the moment, we are semi, you know, John's sort of semi-based there or works there, should I say. And then obviously we go off you know in between and at the weekends and stuff so that is unintentionally a bit of a base but I st- I do still go back to um Portsmouth to his dad's so I'm sort of semi-based there and John's kind of semi-based in Wem but it works at the moment <laughs> so this is nice because we're away together this weekend which is a bit of a rare at the moment it's a bit of a rare thing but it's only it's only for temporary it's not forever it's just oh, yeah. a, it's just a means to an end because the goal is to go long-term traveling again. I'm currently in the process of setting myself up to hopefully work freelance. Um, obviously, I do content creation for our travel accounts anyway, but obviously that doesn't really pay, you know, much. So I'm hoping to go freelance, uh, you know, sort of writing, virtual assistant, copywriting, proofreading, that sort of thing. So hopefully I can earn whilst we're on the road. And then if we have to stop for a bit for John to do some work, be it lorry driving, be it whatever, we can, but we won't be quite so dependent on it. That's the idea anyway she says <laughs> yeah sounds like a good plan to me yeah, yeah it's always good to have a plan and just yeah. see how it goes you know yeah if yeah. it's taught us anything have a loose plan yeah that you can change absolutely, <laughs> that's, absolutely. that's what last year taught us have a loose plan but at least have something in mind but that's what van life's all about as well isn't it a loose plan or yeah. no plan sometimes but... oh that's we find yeah. some of our best adventures by not planning it's the, it's mm-hmm. be, the best it's amazing so so obviously <laughs> you're one half of a couple yeah um so how did you meet john mm. gossip <laughs> well so he's a mechanic by trade that's what he always did and he worked at the local Vauxhall dealer where I used to take my car and I spotted him one day when I went in with a problem with my car and he kept coming out of the workshop and walking through the showroom and I was like I said to my friend oh, mechanic's a bit of all right isn't he? Like, and he kept walking past and she went oh yeah at the time I was in my work uniform and I worked at Staples which was just up the road and then lo and behold about a week I think it must have been a week later that same mechanic turned up at Staples, right? And I was like, oh, it's fit mechanic guy. Oh, and uh, and he was chatting to me and then he kept coming back and we kept chatting, but nothing ever happened. And then one day my manager was like, your friend's going to have to stop coming in. I said, I don't know the guy. I don't know the guy. And then one of the other managers was like, look, if you don't ask him out, I'm going to. But thank, And I was like, please don't, oh my God. But thankfully, John did actually eventually ask me out. And then we went on a date and the rest was kind of history, really. When he moved out of his flat, because basically he sold his flat to move into my house with me. And when he moved out of his flat, I found so much stationery that he had come in and bought. And obviously it was still sat there unused. And oh, it was the cu- honestly, it was the <laughs> cutest thing so yeah, to this day, we still joke that he was my stalker, but no, that's a true story. That's how we met. And um, yeah, and it just went from there really. And we got engaged on our first anniversary and married on our second. And then, yeah, we've been together. So that's 13 years in total we've been together now. So yeah. Wow. Oh my God. What a great story. I know. <laughs> it sounds like something out of a film, that's doesn't so, it? Oh, that's so cute. Thank God you were wearing your work uniform that day. I know, because what would what would happen? I suppose I would have had to have kept going kept going back in there wouldn't I I'd oh no my exhaust has fallen <laughs> yeah. off oh no like, my mirror's fallen off yeah. oh <laughs> just drive into a wall yeah. like... <laughs> oh that's so nice is couple life different in a van to a house how does it compare do you know what I think it it, at first it was wonderful because obviously in our old lot I always call it our old life now you know you'd work 
Um, Because we did work together for a bit, but only for a year. Other than that, you spend all day apart. You know, you come home in the evenings, you have dinner, you watch TV, you go to bed. You live for the weekends. That's all the time you've got. At first, it was wonderful because we just had all this time together. But the only thing that was kind of evident to me after lockdown... And it's not a negative, I think it's just perfectly honest, is that we used to do a lot of things independently. Even though we were we love spending time together because we are like best friends and we just love spending time together, I think I would still, if I wanted to do something with my friends or I wanted to do something on my own, I would go off and do it and so would he. And that's the only thing that we didn't realise that we hadn't done since we moved into the van. So recently, I actually went on a spa day <laughs> with a couple of friends and it felt like the old times. It was just that nice day apart, you're doing your own thing and he loves it as well. Because he just likes nothing more than to just chill with the cats and just not do anything. And I think that's the only difference is that when we were travelling, we would still have afternoons out. But obviously, where we were in lockdown together, that was the only thing is that we were always, always together. And we just didn't have that breathing space that we both need just for a little bit. And then we're fine. Other than that, it's actually one. It's, I'll say it's, it's lovely. Other than that, we're absolutely perfectly happy in there. We really are. Do you have your little spaces in the van? Do you guys have your like favourite chair and stuff like that? Yeah, we do actually. And normally, this again, this is the other reason that we chose the van we chose is because one of you can be on the bed, like laying down, reading, listening to music, whatever. And then the other one can be up the other end, completely separate. You know, like normally I like to sit in the passenger swivel seat and then put my feet up on the other chair. Um, or I like to sit on the jump seat and put my feet up. And he likes to do the same in the other chair. So yeah, we do have our little spaces or he likes to go and lay on the bed quite a lot and I'll stay up the front so we do have that separation and the, those little spaces that are ours definitely yeah I think that's really important isn't it like... oh yeah anyone that says it's not I, like I say it works for everyone but that's just us being honest is we love being together but you do just need that little time where you're just doing nothing and you know because we there's some evenings where we don't talk and that's fine but we're just both perfectly happy not conversing doing our own thing and you know it works for us that's wonderful that is so amazing if you can have that with someone where like the comfortable silence everyone always ribs me for like i talk too much i do this that, and the other and you don't let john talk i'm like no no you spend 24 hours with him you'll realize he doesn't talk that's just how he is happy honestly and everyone that now knows him says actually yeah that is just john <laughs> oh my god that is such a good mix if you got a talkative person and a quiet person it's like they're both happy he yeah. gets to be quiet you get to be talkative Ex- great exactly but like... that's that's the funny thing is when i'm um, you know i actually enjoy my own company and i actually sometimes don't like talking and that's the funny thing that people can't understand is when i'm out in public yeah i talk but not always i'm actually i actually quite enjoy being quiet for a few hours at a time or well a day at a time and i'm like oh yeah i haven't spoke to a human all day but it's quite nice (laughs) i quite like to do that as well i i find around 4 p.m normally i'm like oh i need to have my quiet time (laughs) you're the same as me i love it have you got any standout destinations that you liked the best from your travels in the uk Mm. is there anywhere that really stands out to you I mean, I'd probably say the obvious one was Wales, but that's because we'd only ever been to South Wales because, again, it was the closest to where we used to live. So when we got to the kind of more rugged um, parts of North Wales, you know, the, the slate and the around that sort of area, um, that was stunning. Oh, and the West Coast was so rugged and so raw and it was so beautiful that I felt like we could have been anywhere. I mean, there's been so many areas. I mean, the East Coast of England was stunning darning like i just didn't expect it do you know what i mean i didn't expect it um oh and there's one place in scotland as well actually one more where i literally felt like i was at the edge of the earth it was i think i want to say stoa i could be pronouncing this wrong 
like Stoa Lighthouse or Stoa Lighthouse, something like that. Anyway, I felt like I was at the edge of the world because it just, it all kind of dropped off and it was all dramatic and it was white and we didn't see the whales. You could see whales apparently, but I didn't see them. And I just had this feeling of, whoa, like, oh my, I could, you know, it was crazy. Yeah, like the end of the earth feeling. Yeah, yeah. and it was mental. And then I turned back around and walked in. I was like, oh, oh no, we're back. <laughs> but for that brief moment, it was... It was a bit like, whoa, stunned, stunned silence. But but what I loved about Wales as well was we went from literally dramatic coastline to sandy beach to in the middle of a mountain. And this was all within, you know, not far of each other. And I was like, there's so much here to see, you know. And we haven't done the West Country yet. You know, we're going to wait until it's a bit less busy, which I'm not sure it will be. But again, because it was closer to where we used to live. So you take it for granted that it was always there. So we did Devon and, you know, Dorset and things, but never explored it properly. So we've still got all that to go yet, which is quite exciting that there is still so much to see before we even attempt to go over to Europe. Do you know what I mean? So if the pandemic hadn't happened, do you think you would have gone to Europe? Yeah, we we were going to go last year. I think we were going to uh, try and... No, this... Hang on, what year are we in? No, no idea. <laughs> No, idea. no, yeah, sorry, last year. I had to <laughs> think then. Yeah, 21. Yeah. yeah, so we finished our first year in March 2020 and then literally two weeks later, lockdown happened. Yeah, so it would have been last year. We were going to hopefully stop for a bit, stop for six months, whatever, and then go to Europe. But obviously that went slightly wrong, but that's fine. It's That's fine. There's time. There's time. I've definitely explored more of my backyard than yeah. I ever would have done and I've yeah. loved it oh isn't it amazing loved it. and you kind of yeah. think god this was here the whole time and I didn't even yeah. do you know what I mean so yeah that's lovely though I'm, I'm glad you get to, you know you understand that you sort of get that same feeling you understand that a bit more because I just think yeah. oh if everyone could just just have a little snippet of what's there that's the only good thing to come out of last year because I think people are doing more stuff close to home and it's lovely because I feel like people are seeing things that they would have otherwise missed and I'm, I'm glad about that Oh my god, absolutely. Like and it's so varied as well. Like I didn't yeah. realise like how varied the UK was. Yeah. Like I'll go to somewhere and I'll just be like, Whoa, this is completely different mm. from from anything I've seen before and it will take me completely by surprise. Yeah, but that's what we found, you know. Even say we went to Yorkshire for example, and it was almost like people was talking a different language, they call food different things. I mean we tried different foods. That surprised me in my own I say in my own country, but what I mean is you just assume you've tried it all. But you haven't. And it was in our own country and we ended up trying all these different foods and some of them were the same but different names or something like as simple as scraps so that's quite a northern thing isn't it to have scraps at the chip see i'm so glad you said that <laughs> so that? basically at the chip shop it's the scraps of all the little bits of fish and oh yeah batter and stuff. now we're talking exactly <laughs> up north they just do that they put that on the fish and chips normally you actually say oh, can i have the scraps and i'll do that we don't get that down south and me and john were like Oh my god, this is amazing! This is a revelation. I love that. See, I'm so glad you said that because all the people that we've met that are from up north go, "What? That's normal." I'm like, "It's really not. Trust me, it's really not. We've never had scraps before." And this little things like that, we are like, "This is crazy." I'm in the UK and I'm trying things I've not tried in 30 years. <laughs> like, how is this possible? Batter and fish batter and stuff like that. And I'm like, "Oh yeah, pile it on." He's like, "Do you want some more?" I'm like, "Yeah, pile that crap yeah, on." Yeah, right. Oh my, yeah. I'm going to Yorkshire now. Do it or whip. Oh, I tell you what, Whitby. Oh, that blew my socks off. That was one of my favourite places, actually. You know, you got the Abbey, oh, the ruins. That's where Dracula was set, which of course, oh, that's where the writer originated from. Again, it had that edge of the earth type feeling because you're stood up the top and you look down, and then you go down the hundred steps into the little tiny village with its little tiny alleyways and streets, and up, down, around, and then the scraps were just the ice on the cake, really. <laughs> 
<laughs> and where's Whitby then? What is that? Like right up north Yorkshire way, I want to say. Someone listening to this might go, no, it's not. I have how been there. How dare you? Yeah, how dare you? <laughs> I have been there though, I promise. It is up north somewhere, <laughs> up in that corner of there. You oh, can't wow. see because I'm pointing, but yeah. it's up there. <laughs> I'm pointing upwards. Upwards, upwards. Yeah. Not quite Scotland, just down a bit more. <laughs> Is there anything is there anything that you have struggled with with this new lifestyle? Um yeah, I think the only thing is is that there are times where the novelty of moving around a lot does wear off because there are times you just want to chill. So you sometimes it is nice just to go on a campsite, book in for 3 or 4 days, you know, even a week. And just know that you don't have to, you can lay in if you want. Even if you're awake, you can lay in because you don't have to worry about getting up and moving on or having to think about, right, where are we going to park tonight and driving around. Like, yeah, that's the only thing I think sometimes is a bit of a mental drain is you just need that time to chill. Um, And I think where we've had that kind of semi-base, so like I say, I've sort of semi-been in in Portsmouth and John's semi-been in Wem, um, I think maybe we've both gotten used to that, so we now need to go back to the other way of getting used to just looking for places. And So, yeah, but that's the only thing I would say is a bit of a struggle. Yeah, I think it's probably, like, mentally draining as well. Like, you probably get overstimulated sometimes with, with new places, and it's just like, oh, no, let's just all let it all settle in and carry yeah, on. 100%. And, like, where are we going to park tonight? And if you get to a park-up and it's not right, and you're like, oh, I've got to find another one, and it's, like, 10 o'clock yeah. at night, and you're like, I just want to settle down and go to sleep. So, yeah, I think booking in somewhere for a week or two at a time every now and again is really nice, and it just gives you that chance to breathe, relax. You can get stuff out and not have to put it away. You know, oh, you, yeah. you can you can really set yourself up and just have that chill time before you move on again. So I think balancing that between travelling constantly is a good thing. You've recently taken on something quite exciting and you've started a new kind of, what, what are we calling it, like a side venture or... Yeah, maybe a side hustle, a side, side venture, hustle, yeah. something like that. Can you yeah. tell me a little bit about what you've done? Of course I can. So basically, um, what we've done is whilst John's based in one place for this summer, whilst he's working just for the summer, we decided to get me a little camper van so that I can go off and do solo travels. Um, I can go off and do, as John calls it, recce's so that, you know, if there's places we want to go later on, I can go and have a little look and see what it's like. Um, And also if I want to go and meet people, I can now. I think it's what I was talking about earlier about that kind of independent thing where I would if he was doing something I would go off and do my own thing and I realized I was missing that I was kind of just sat there in the one spot so um yeah so I've got my own little camper van now um it's a she but it's called Brucey it just as a side note one of our friends named her Brucey because they call me Hulk because everything seems to accidentally break on me right so I always seem to be the one that a handle comes off or something so they call me hulk smash so then my friend was like oh it's like the hulks in bruce so we'll call the van brucey and i was like annoyingly i really like that so the van's called brucey um she's a little vw t5 camper van it's a danbury conversion so we didn't do the conversion we bought it ready made and yeah going off and doing solo adventures i've really surprised myself doing the whole house sale thing i didn't think i could do anything more outrageous for me for my personal comfort level I wasn't sure I could do anything more outrageous but going off and doing solo adventures again has really surprised me and kind of pushed me out of my comfort zone a bit Um, and for the summer I've been the last few weeks I've been on and off I've been away so like I say I, I do go back to sort of Portsmouth really where our sort of original base was so I've been able to do that and then I come and see John for a bit and then I go off on my own I mean I literally 
<laughs> after uh, obviously unfortunately Hereford um waves you couldn't be unfortunately um because I was gonna say Stratford but that's where I met you um <laughs> so yes yeah, so after Hereford I actually met some people there that weekend and I I never would have thought I'd do this I went off on a little two-day adventure with these people I just met and that was crazy and again it was to the Y Valley somewhere we've never been never seen amazing so I can't wait to take John back now because I can take him back and show him these things so yeah, it's been a very liberating experience. Also quite scary um, because I've never done this on my own before. But that was something else I realised is that I've always done it as a couple. So this was another new level of, oh, okay, I can do this. I can do this. And I often have that conversation with myself when I'm out in the van, like, you can do this. Do not panic. And I do. And it's, yeah, it's been wonderful. So uh, it's quite new though. We're just going to see how it goes and see if it works. Because obviously once we go off long-term travelling again, we probably won't need that camper van. But for the minute, it's working wonders, you know. And I think John and I have a newfound appreciation for each other. Because when I get back after a week or two away, uh, it's lovely. You know, we, we really miss each other. And just that little refresher and reminder that we're both living our lives. But we still come together and live our lives together. So, Oh, <laughs> that's so nice. And also, you're probably like full of like excitement like oh I went here and we've got to go there and honestly yeah. I'm because everywhere I'm driving I'm like oh there's a brown sign which is what we used to do on our 2019 travels I'm like there's a brown sign yeah screw it we're not in a rush let's stop so I do that now I'm like oh there's a brown sign make a note of that and I'll go back and I'll have a stop and it's wonderful but then it's also exciting because like I say I, I can take John back and say oh my god we've got to go here or actually we went there it wasn't what we thought so let's not worry about that let's go somewhere else so yeah and how does it feel when you're like driving along by yourself in your van like do you ever get those moments where you're just kind of like yes I'm like living the life like this is so good like I, I do I have those little moments of like yay like I'm on my I'm singing along and I'm just me in my little space and yeah, I do have those little moments of like, this is wicked. This is so surreal. And I've got, like I said, I've got a really good appreciation for us as a couple, but also finding myself again as an individual. It sounds really corny, but it really has been. And because it came out of nowhere, I didn't expect it. It just all, this idea just came about in the space of a week. So I didn't have time to think about it. It's come out of nowhere, which is why it surprised me and delighted me even more. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Because so, people are like, how did you do that? So what we did is basically what was going to be our future house deposit, we realised it's been sat there for two and a half years now, doing absolutely nothing for us. So why don't we invest it in something that I can use or we can, you know, because we, we use it for days out, you know, we can both use it for days out and things like that if we're based somewhere else, but we can go off in the van and leave the girls comfortably in the in the motorhome for, for an afternoon or something. And yeah so that's how we've done it we've kind of used what would be our future fund and actually one of our friends said you're just moving the money into something you can use that's all it is because you can yeah, sell it and move absolutely. it back and I was like yeah you're right I think it's just because it's been sat there for so long letting it go but once we did we were like this is so cool and it's totally what works for us at the moment so yeah I think when you're a couple in a van it's so not an independent thing is it like mm. to be on your own in your van independent you're gonna get more interactions as well as an independent being mm -hmm. you know and I think that's like really important like I didn't yeah. have a question really I just <laughs> no <laughs> that's what I thought like <laughs> yeah. no I think yeah. you're right as you say I think you do lose that bit of individuality and I think what I found is because I'm still unable to drive the motorhome because I still haven't got around to doing my C1 because I was meant to do it last year 
again, it's all the things that John will naturally take care of, which were all new to me, you know, so things like kind of, you know, emptying your own toilet, pitching up when you get to somewhere, just things that I can do, but I don't have to do. So it's another level of, actually, do you know what, if I was on my own tomorrow, which, oh my God, I hope I'm not, but I always say to John, because obviously we have had a couple of friends who unfortunately you know, they have lost their partners. Um, and I just thought, oh my God, if I had to do this on my own, and now I'm like, nope, if I had to do this on my own, I could. I could totally do this on my own if I had to. Don't get me wrong, I choose to share my life with John and I can't wait for us to be back on the road long term together. But I now feel like if I had to, I could. And that makes me feel a lot more comfortable. If there's someone listening out there that's like thinking of going out there on their own, what would you say to them? And I think the only thing I will say is you probably will meet others. You will, you know, I know, you know, like yourself and other people where you just kind of come together and things just happen. But before the other side of that, when you don't know that's going to happen, you're like, oh, I'm going to be on my own. So I think you just need to, I actually hate saying this phrase, but I've come to learn how true it is, is trust the process. Even if it feels like it's crap and it's not going very well, it will work out. You just have to really make it happen and it will happen. So where can people find you online? What sort of stuff are you doing online? We are Life Beyond Bricks. Uh, we're, we're called the same thing on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. And yeah, I basically just keep a diary of where we've been on Instagram. So I've had that from the day dot. So everywhere we've been is on there. Uh, we do have a YouTube channel as well. And we have also started, or I have also started something called Whiskers on Wheels, which is on TikTok and instagram which is just sharing things about the cats in the van really um so yeah that's where you can find us at the moment it's undergoing some refurb so i haven't updated it for a little while but you can still find us on at lifebeyondbricks.co.uk um there's some nice articles about our travels it's where we list everything we use in the van um it's where you can get stickers for uh, from us so yeah that is still up and running but it is undergoing a little bit of refurb at the moment amazing oh that's great thanks again tash for coming on the podcast it's been an absolute pleasure oh do you know what it's been my pleasure it's been so much fun i just feel like we've been having a chat basically like a couple of friends uh, yeah. thank you so much for having me um yeah so happy to do this thank you Thanks for listening to She's at the Wheel Van Life Podcast. You can find She's at the Wheel on Instagram and Facebook. And if you want to write to me, it's she's at the wheel at gmail.com. If you have a spare minute, please rate She's at the Wheel Van Life Podcast five stars on iTunes as this helps other people find this podcast. See you next episode. I've got to go.